Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Welcome to Returning Home. I'm your host, Natalie Sapinski. I'm um, noticing that it is uh, holiday time in the outside world. It's the end of December, and December 25th is Christmas uh, for the non-Jewish world. For the Christian world, it's the biggest holiday of the year, and it's very funny because here in Israel, we don't see that. We don't celebrate that as a Jewish country. We don't see that at all, and um, especially out here in Judea and Samaria. It's just, uh, you know, a normal winter time. You know, maybe if we're lucky, we get some rain, but it's not a holiday season. Uh, you know, Hanukkah's over. And um, when I was in the States recently with my family, I was telling you all that I was there visiting family, and it was pretty funny, you know. Um, you see Christmas decorations and the lights, beautiful lights at night around on the houses and in the shopping centers, and you see the big Christmas trees with lights, and my children have never seen that. Um, they, they've seen it in the movies, but they never saw it I- in real life. And that was, that was fun for them. And something else that um, was fun and funny for me was that the music you hear, now you hear it everywhere there, the, the holiday music, you hear it on the radio, you hear it in the shopping malls, you hear it even outside, they pipe it over the loudspeakers, the different Christmas songs. And I grew up singing in choir in high school and even into college. Um, and uh, when as a little girl, I mean, I learned all these Christmas songs. I know every word. I know the harmonies. I even went Christmas caroling. Um, so I know how pervasive uh, that holiday is. And you know, every um, holiday here, a big one, like even even a small one, Hanukkah, and every time there's a time in Israel to sing a song. I always feel really weak. Um, I don't know all the words. I, I know Hatikva, but you know, the the holiday songs, I even though I grew up Jewish and, and <clears throat> going to synagogue and Hebrew school, you know, it's different. You don't learn all the songs. You don't know all the tunes. You don't know all the words. It's not um, a cultural thing. And, and I've always felt weak about that here and bad about that here. And that's something my children will never have to experience. They'll always be part of the main culture. They'll always know all the words of the songs. It's a really beautiful thing. And um, uh, it's just something, uh, you know, I wanted to share with you. Stay with us. We'll be right back. The return of the Jewish people to the land of Israel was prophesied in the Bible thousands of years ago and is coming true today. Shalom. Join me, Josh Wander, on Israel Unplugged. Listen in as we delve into the spiritual and physical aspects of the Jewish return to Zion. We'll discuss the biblically mandated, historic, and of course practical understandings of this incredible transition from exile to redemption. That's Israel Unplugged, every Monday on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Welcome back to Returning Home. Joining us today is an Ole who made Aliyah just a little bit over 10 years ago in 2009 at the age of 17, Brian Becker, who um, is going to tell us his story 
And I'll just tell you a little bit about Brian. Um, he actually lived in Har Havron for a little while in a yeshuv down the street called Ma'on, a small yeshuv of about 100 families. And he got married to a woman here. He's become a real estate agent. And he has been, I think he actually moved to this new community that everybody is talking about. And that's why I brought him on here. It's called Harish. And um, he's going to tell us about that. He's going to tell us about his story. But so many people now are looking for places to live. And it's so great to hear a new place. You know, we keep talking about these hotspots. I, I mention this on every show, Efrat, Ranana, Yerushalayim. And it's so nice to hear of a new place. So Brian's going to tell us a little bit about that. But first, I want to welcome him. Brian, thanks for joining us. Hi, Natalie. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming. Um, you've really like started a very cool life for yourself. You came when you were just 17. And I want to hear about that. I think you became a lone soldier. And that is such a nice entree into Israel. Why don't you tell us how that all happened? And maybe even, I think you came here before being a lone soldier. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and what what this, what this led you to come here? You're, you're American like me. You came by yourself. So, uh, yeah, um, I grew up in Silver Spring, Maryland. And I went to the local Jewish high school there, Hebrew Academy. Um, and I remember in high school, I started learning about uh, Jewish history and then obviously Israeli history. Um, and the one thing that stuck out at me was how hard and how, how much some of these people had fought and what they had gone through in order to preserve uh, their Judaism and also uh, the state of Israel. And I decided that I also wanted to be part of that. Um, so after high school, uh, after I graduated, I went to an Israeli machina, which is like, uh, for people who don't know, it's like a pre-military academy where there's uh, learning, uh, some religious learning, and also uh, activities, training. Um, and I specifically went to an Israeli program because I knew that it would be critical to learn Hebrew fluently um, if I wanted to succeed in the army. Uh, and that did work. I learned Hebrew fluently. Um, I didn't learn much else uh, because that took most of my time, but I did learn Hebrew fluently. And then I joined the army and I was a lone soldier for three years. Um, I was a medic for uh, basic trainees. Very nice. Very nice. Um, this was back in 2009. Uh, I just want to back up. 2009 to yeah. 2012. Okay, so that's very nice. So, I mean, you, you're living in Maryland. You, how did you find out about this Mechina from Maryland, an Israeli program? Did did representatives come around and, and try to sell you different students? I mean, what did you do to so, find this place? Actually, it's very interesting. Um, as some people know, uh, a lot of different yeshivas, mostly based in Jerusalem, Beit Shemesh, will come to Jewish high schools in the States and uh, represent their case and tell the kids about the programs and the kids choose a program. And I was looking for obviously something different. I wanted to be with Israelis and learn Hebrew. Um, and the Rav of the Kolel at our school at the time knew that I wanted a program like that. And a he happened to be friends with a rabbi at this machina who talked to me almost in secret because the rabbis at my school were very against it. Uh, they wanted kids going to the religious yeshivot in Jerusalem. Um, and I heard about the program, loved the idea, and, uh, and I joined that way. Awesome. That is a great story uh, for all of you listening. Sometimes you do need to talk in secret and you don't have to do everything so officially. 
um, you know, you can, you can, you know, it's connections, it's connections. Uh, Ryan's just told us a perfect example. Um, that's, that's great. That's great. Okay. So you really got an edge over your, your, your peers, you know, you, you dove into Israeli society, um, learned Hebrew and jumped right in. Correct. And yeah. it was definitely worth it. Yeah. Long term. Okay. So tell me what, ha what makes you say that? Um, I find that a lot of the, a lot of people, a lot of people come to Israel. I, I found it odd that the rabbis at my school were against that. And I think that they, I think sometimes Jews in America don't place as high an importance on Israel as they do on the Judaism. So it was important to go to uh, the yeshiva and study Gemara, but not as important to, let's say, serve in the army and stay in Israel. 100%. We, um, we see that. Yeah, we, we see that. And it's, by learning it's... Hebrew and being with Israelis and having friends in all different areas of the country, um, it just helped me to assimilate a lot better. And I joined the army. I already knew Hebrew. And it wasn't, I, I could get into any unit that I wanted. Um yeah, you 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 assimilated. You are part of society. You're not with your three or four friends from another state, and they're all going to leave. That's the difference. You came to stay. Your attitude said, exactly. "Whatever it takes." You know. That's what it was. I came to stay. Absolutely. Yeah, Definitely. yeah. So, so that's a big a big problem, and I think that is causing a big divide. It's been going on for years. Uh, we could talk about this forever, and it's horrible, and it's very upsetting. Um, that is not changing anytime soon. And Corona hasn't helped. And uh, the attitude of the rabbis in America has not changed. Um, you know, it's, it seems to me Hashem is saying to all of us, you want to come to Israel, make Aliyah, because the doors are going to close for all of you who treat it like Disney World, you know? <laughs> That's what I see. Um, I think we can agree on that. Yeah. Okay, so tell us how you found your wife and started your family. Mazal Tov, that's a beautiful story. Um, why don't you share that with us? Thank you. Yeah. Um, in short, I was living on kibbutz uh, in the beginning of my army service, uh, and this kibbutz Yavne, it's a kibbutz in the center of the country, very old kibbutz, um, very well-off kibbutz, and they had a program there for Olim uh, Ulpan where you would learn half the day and then uh, work on the kibbutz half the day. Uh, so also trying to get that integration uh, going for uh, religious people. And uh, so I was living on the kibbutz and my wife uh, came there for the Yulpan. And on one of my weekends off from the army, we met uh, we've been together ever since. Okay, awesome. Uh, all of you listening, if you don't know what kibbutz is, kibbutz is a communal style of living that uh, actually built this country agriculturally. And um, there are still lots of kibbutzim today. Some of them have become private, like privatized, I guess you could say. Um, you know, you pay for meals or once you just worked for your meals, but it is a great way to come to Israel. And they do have lots of programs there. And it's so funny to hear you speaking, Brian. So many of our guests come in and they're like, well, I was on this program and that program. And people who are listening you're probably like what is israel full of programs you know but if you're here like you came in and you were in that that mechina you you find your way that way that's like a good starting point and I, i'm thinking to myself how in the world did you find 
a program at Kibbutz Yavne when you were in the Mechina. How, how did you? Um, so actually, then, back then, this is over 10 years ago, there, there are a lot of Ulpanim um, all over the country, uh, some that are day programs and some that you live there. Um, but there were only three religious ones. And at the time, I think two had closed. So it was actually the only option in the country uh, for, uh, I guess, people who have a, like a religious lifestyle. Um, it's actually oh. since closed. There yeah. are no religious which is Wait, interesting. Okay, when you say Ulpan, though, Ulpan um, means intense Hebrew learning. Okay, that's what it is. Correct. So, like three, it was like three days a week or half days um, learning in Ulpan four or five hours and then working on the kibbutz uh, the rest of the day. And the this point, is, if, wait, it was like right after Mechina and before your army service? Correct. Uh -huh. I did that right after Mechina and before my army service. Uh -huh. About six uh, months, I'm guessing. Months. Okay, three months. Yeah, okay. It was actually only three months. Okay. Very nice. So that is a perfect example of it's like it's like you hopped around on these different adventures when you came. And that's totally what you can do as a single person. Um, I don't know if you can do that anywhere else in the world, but you come to Israel and you can really go from one program to another. And I don't, I don't think even it's that expensive. I mean, sometimes you can do these things with no money. You know, you work in exchange. I don't know, but there's a lot out there. Someone um, asked me to write up a bunch of volunteer opportunities in Israel. I was like, that's a whole project. There are tons, you know. And just like Brian's telling us, there are not only volunteer programs, there are regular programs you pay for. Look at this. He lived in a kibbutz for three months and learned, e and learned Hebrew. It's awesome. It's, fine. it's hard to find your way on a kibbutz today, I think. It's not like it once was. And I'm not surprised that that program closed. Um, people come here today, Olim, like you, like people come from, you know, English-speaking countries, a lot of them come intact. You know what I mean? Like, they kind of just right. come with a family already. They buy their house. And you can tell us more about that because you are facing these people now um, with your profession. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Um... So I've I've moved something like nine or ten times in the twelve years that I've been here, wow. and I've lived all over North South. As Natalie mentioned, I lived uh, in Maon for a few years. Um, so I kind of just became the person that my friends, like other Anglo's, would like look to when they were looking for places. So I just kind of uh, started helping a few different friends and family members. Uh, find rentals and find places to buy in different cities. And then when I was moving, uh, looking to move um, about two years ago, I came across Harish. And the first time I came here to look for an apartment, I decided I was moving here right away. Um, it's a new city. Um, I knew, I mean, the first units were occupied in 2016, so five years ago. There's two neighborhoods right now full. We have 30,000 residents okay. and we're expected to grow to 100,000 residents in the next 10 years. We'll be right back. Stick around. Hi. 
Hi, I'm Steve Miller. And I'm Matt Zucker. Join us for Lighten Up, where we take a look at the week's current events in Israel and from around the Jewish world through a humorous lens. If you've been paying attention during these crazy times, you know that it's a challenge to parody life anymore. But join Steve and I as we give it the old college try. Not only is being happy an obligation, but life is just too short to take it all so seriously. So join me, Steve Miller. And me, Matt Zucker. For Lighten Up every Monday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 p.m. Israel, only on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Welcome back to Returning Home. We're continuing our talk with Brian Becker, who's telling us all about this new city called Harish. Uh, we're building three neighborhoods simultaneously right now um, with people moving in every day. Um, and the city is just very well planned. It's kind of similar to Modine in that uh, unlike other central cities, there's uh, parking, for example, which is, as people know, not a given in, uh, in a lot of cities. And all of the units are new with master bedrooms and nice balconies. Uh, very organized parking spaces. Um, and so I just kind of decided like after I moved here that I would become a realtor and make my hobby a profession. Um, and it's just so, so far it's been great because it's a it's also a great place for Olin. There's a lot of young families moving in here. I would say mostly families, um, A, because of the schooling. Uh, and B, because of housing prices. As far as schooling, there are over 100 ganim, which sounds like an amazing number. Um, it is 20 amazing. primary schools. And, and we're also building, I think, two or three new high schools at the moment. Um, and schools for all of the different uh, sectors of Israeli society, let's call it, secular, religious, Haredi, Chabad, Breslov, all sorts of different, um, uh, everybody. Haredi's a very, uh, Harish is a very mixed city. All right, uh, so, so okay, slow down. So are you telling me there's 30,000 people there already? Correct. Okay, so where do those high schoolers go right now if there are no high schools yet? Where do they go? So um, there are different high schools in, around in the city. Uh, obviously there's Pridiot for some of the more, uh, like boarding school for some of the more religious students. And then there's also a very, intense bus program tell me uh, I, I was I, we didn't share with our listeners where harish is you said it's near parishana um give me yeah, a so yeah six kilometers south-ish of Khatir, which is a shuv and it's it's about 15 minutes from Khadera, 10 minutes from parishana um 45 minutes from natanya haifa okay okay um, okay um that is kind of central, I guess. Uh, you know, it's not Tel Aviv, but it's like Parashana is even booming from what I hear. And that's like, that's nor it's north. It's north of Ranana, right? Correct. It's north of Ranana. Um, yeah, it's about, it's on Kav Kesaria, like the line of Kesaria. Mm -hmm. um, I would say Harish is as north as you can get with, while still being in the center. Right. Is it on Kvishesh? Is, is there an exit? 
So that's, I would say, the current problem of Kharish, uh, which is that we're not directly connected to Kharish. There is a like a highway uh, overpass um, that adds about 15 minutes to the drive. And that mm-hmm. is the downside. They're working on it uh, mm-hmm. as we speak. Yeah, they will. they will. Yeah. In addition to that, there's going to be a train station. Uh, awesome. Which is supposed to... 30 minutes to tell you. Okay, this is amazing. I just have to say something here. This, There is no place in the world I, that I know of where you can live a full Jewish life with a Jewish community and have a brand new city and be like, the, almost like the founding fathers. You know, we say here, Vatikim. This is like the first generation of a town. Brian, you know, because you lived in Maon and there were people there in their 60s and they were the first, right? They have all the power. And we have it here in our issue, but uh, Harish won't have that because it's a city, but you will have people like settling on these new buildings. It's it's a very cool thing. Um, so a lot of people here share that. I would say a lot of people here are very Zionistic, moving yeah. here Dafka because it's a new city and they want yeah. to be part of something. Yeah. Um, and you honestly do have that opportunity here. You have the opportunity to start a business, uh, buy a store for a lot cheaper than you could in another place. and actually be part of a very new community and have a hashba, an effect on the community. Yeah, be the first. You know, it's very cool. Um, and maybe that's one of the the things that attracts so many people. I, I've seen this name popping up. I heard it from you and I just keep seeing it. And maybe this is, you know, going to be the new hotspot or, you know, English speaking Anglos, if everyone's going there and, and apartments are so Absolutely. nice. Yeah. Absolutely. The Anglo community that's here is very active. Uh, there's a WhatsApp group, there's a Facebook group, people posting every day, um, doing different activities. The uh, municipality um, did, I think, for the third or fourth year in a row this year, an international festival, which was two nights of like different events on the main street, music, food, uh, just sharing, uh, very interesting, very nice. Um, and yeah, and there's just a, there's old Aliyah coordinators at the municipality that can help New Olim, whether it's with Ulpan or uh, different uh, discounts that you get from, from the city. Is there a uh, Nefesh Benefesh representative there? Is, does that, is that what, when you say Aliyah help? I don't, I don't know if there's an official Nefesh Benefesh representative, but there are three people who work full-time on just helping the lead. Wow, that is amazing. That's great. And the website, which is honestly, it's interesting because this is one of the things that my wife uh, happened to like about Harish was that their website is in English. Oh, nice. They have a multilingual website, um, yeah. which is new and hip. Which is new and hip and unusual. Let's just stress the unusualness unusual of that. Unusual for Israel, absolutely. Yeah, for all of you listening, um, you may think, you know, we're this Israeli radio station and we're in English. And so there must be other things in English here, but you will be, uh, you know, it depends, I guess. But if you call, for instance, your bank or if you call your your doctor office, the uh, doctor's office, um, there's a menu and the menu is going to say press one for and, and it's in Hebrew. OK, everything's in Hebrew It's press one for Hebrew, press two for Arabic, for three for Russian and four for English. And you'll pass, you'll push four for English. And the person will pick up and there'll be a, a Hebrew speaker. I mean, you don't get English. It's like they, they kind of try, you know, but, but you just don't get it. So to hear 
Brian, tell us about this English website. It's phenomenal. Um, so many people come here and they don't do what Brian did. They don't dive in and become fluent, even though they may try, um, it just doesn't happen for them. And they really do struggle. And to go to a place when it sounds like it's pretty Anglo friendly um, is a big benefit. Yeah, absolutely. And the fact that you can get a brand new four bedroom apartment for under 1.3 million Checo is obviously the, I guess, cherry on top. Okay, so let's get into that a little bit because our listeners are interested for sure about housing prices and the styles. When you say apartments, some people want to stick to a private home. Uh, do you have those? Tell, tell us what the real estate market um, is there. So uh, because Harish is very highly planned, um, but that doesn't necessarily uh, mean that there's a lot uh, of options in the way of uh, private homes. There aren't really private homes in Harish. There's what we call cottages. Uh, so it's like three units together. Um, it gets to semi-detached house, I would, you would say in English. Um, there are three units together. There are two floors, uh, four bedrooms each with a garden uh, or a yard about, of about 100 meters. Um, and besides that, it's mostly, it's 99% apartments. Um, there are three bedrooms, four bedroom apartments, which you can get for between 1.2 and 1.3 million Checo, um, which I'm sure anybody who's looked at prices in say Jerusalem or Beit Shemesh or Renana will know that it's, uh, it could be less than half of those prices for a new three bedroom in some of these cities you're looking at. 3 million shekel plus. Okay, okay, let's slow down and translate into dollars for those listening. When we, when Brian says, I mean, just right. divide it by three, really. When you say 1.2, 1.3 million shekel, you're saying almost $400,000. Correct. I would say in Kharish, and, and it's interesting because it depends where you live in America, obviously. Um, and this will sound either very high or very low. Um, but in Israel, if you look at a place like Renana or Herzliya, for a new uh, four bedroom apartment, you know, new meaning built within the last few years, has a nice balcony, master bedroom with a master bathroom. Um, you can be looking at about a million dollars. Whereas in Harish, that exact same unit, uh, great location, you know, right across from the mall, next to schools, et cetera, uh, would be about $400,000. Okay. So everything is really comparable. I mean, you, you've got to, it's relative, it's relative. Um, it's relative to Israel. You need to compare it um, yeah. to other places in Israel. And also the quality is just, is also comparative, comparable. Uh -huh. So how high are these apartments? Are we talking sky rise, like, you know, 12? So, so actually most of them are not uh, high rise. Um, in some of the newer neighborhoods, they are building uh, high rise. And by high rise, I mean, you know, eight floors, seven, eight floors. Um, most of the units that are already exist in Harish are actually about five or six floors. Mm -hmm. With elevators, yeah. Correct. Uh, and every building in Harish is equipped with a Shabbat elevator. Oh my God, amazing. As well. That's great. Which is very, very nice. It is. Lots of shuls, I'm guessing, too, right? Lots of shuls of every denomination um, from Ashkenaz, Sephardic. Mm -hmm. uh, Karlibach, Chabad. And it's, we a, I mean, three Chabads. 
it's a it's a city that's not like a religious city. You can be anything you want there, right? Absolutely, definitely a very very mixed city from secular to the uh, Tilumi Haredi. Okay, uh, I'm going to ask you one funny question that I get sometimes, which throws me. But are Arabs allowed there to live there? Um, are Arabs allowed to live there? There's well, no... do Arabs live there? This is this. Uh, look, I get the funniest question too. I know it's like, well, allow that they just won't want to, is what I tell people um, for my own issue. But do Arabs live there? Stick around. We'll be right back. Are you tired of political correctness and the fear that you might offend someone? I'm not afraid to offend you. Wow, look who's talking tough. One has to be tough to keep sane today. Hi, I'm Alan Skorsky. And I'm Bela Seabrow. And join us every Wednesday for The Definitive Wrap as we interview the most sought-after guests and expose progressive trends that masquerade as enlightenment but actually destroy our freedoms. We are the No Wolf Zone, so buckle up for this exciting show. Buckling up, but I'm driving. <laughs> sure, you can drive, but I'm the navigator. Tune in for the No Nonsense, the definitive rap show, every Wednesday on Israel News Talk Radio. Welcome back to Returning Home. We're finishing up. Um, our talk with Brian Becker, <clears throat> excuse me, about the new city Harish. He's going to tell us a little more. And um, please feel free at the end of this segment, if you have any questions, to contact me because, um, you know, I am a resource for you all. Okay, here we go. We're continuing right now. Are there, there are Arabs absolutely who Arabs who live uh, in Harish? Uh, not a lot. They're just aren't there just did, don't happen to be a lot of arabs here um there are some arab villages nearby which people actually shop in a lot um there's some stores there that there just aren't in harish yet and people go there a lot uh no problems that i know of um and there's even a small part of uh, one of the streets where there are a few arab shops um everybody gets along Okay, so I get this question some, yeah, I get this question sometimes, and for people who don't live here, it's so funny when they say to me, like, you know, are you friends with your Arab neighbors? Now, I live in a place, and Brian, you know where I live, where are, uh, the Arabs who live here are not friendly, um, but in other places in Israel, they are. I mean, like, Beersheba, you shop right along with your Arabs, you know, they're, they're everywhere. They're in the pharmacy, they're at the Absolutely. movies, you know, they're, they're just part of society. You go to the hospital, well, your doctor might be an Arab, you know, it's... Uh, it's definitely more like that here. They're de all definitely Arab doctors at the uh, at the local clinics, uh, which they're all are all of the clinics in Israel, all of the health uh, services in Israel are represented in Harish, which is a yeah, good it's a city. It's a city. It's uh, you got it all. Yeah. Um, there is not. There will be. Um, they just approved planning for Harish Darom, which is like South Harish. Mm -hmm. um, which is going to be more apartment buildings, but also an industrial area, which will have things like uh, car mechanics, um, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And you do have a mall there, but I mean, how many? We have one mall currently, but are building three more at once. Wow. Right now. Movie theater? 
Is it a movie theater? Movie theater, not yet. Mm -hmm. Interesting. It's still like an fraught type of place. Okay. Um, yeah, it is going to be hot. So all of you listening, if you have any questions, um, please be in touch with me, Natalie, at Israel News Talk Radio, and I will pass your questions on to Brian. Brian, if you don't mind, why don't you just slowly state your contact information so if people want to reach you directly, they can do that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, phone number and uh, Facebook page. Good. How do they find you? Um, yeah, so you can find me um, A on Facebook um, at uh, facebook.com slash realty harish. Facebook.com slash realty harish. Okay. Um, or you're welcome to uh, send me a WhatsApp uh, 058 407 8995. Mm -hmm. Okay. Or you can uh, contact me, everyone, at Natalie at Radio, like I said, and um, contact the station. It's, uh, it's important that people, you know, hear about these different places because, you know, they can't come. Most people cannot come now. As we all know, there's these closures. Temporary, we all hope and pray they will be lifted soon. But, you know, um, I, I talk on the show a lot how the pilot trip has pretty much gone out the window. And people really just need to plan um, from afar. And sometimes the best thing is to rent for a year. Do people do that in Harish? I mean, is that something they can turn to you for renting and then eventually, so, uh, yeah? Yeah, so interestingly enough, what, what you just said is the last, let's say, 30 or 60 days, I've been getting a lot of phone calls from uh, mostly the United States about people who want to know, can I buy without coming? Because <laughs> they're afraid that the prices will keep going up. Um, and they see this opportunity in Kharish and they want to already purchase. But like you said, they're unable to do a pilot trip. Um, so I wanted to say that it is possible uh, dealing with someone right now doing that. Um, and yeah, I would highly recommend anybody who wants to to do that to to be in touch interesting um, what do you is possible. yeah of course it's possible please you can buy anything from afar but what do you recommend you personally unseen family wanting to make aliyah and they hear good things what what do you tell a person like that um i would say that if you have the money um available that you should go ahead and make a purchase. Um, if you're if you're if you're not going to be comfortable with it, then you need to rent because uh, if you're going to be unhappy or nervous in any way, then it's obviously not worth putting down hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, on the other hand, I sometimes see people who come and rent and then, for instance, love Harish but don't like the neighborhood, um, and then they're stuck in a rental contract. Um, the other thing is that it's difficult right now. There are a lot of rentals available in Harish for great prices. You can rent a, a new three-bedroom for 2,500 shekel a month, uh, which is less than $1,000 a month. Um, obviously, less than half of prices in other, other central cities. Um, so yeah. you can do that. It's just... Um, that, yeah, I would say that if you if you have decided and you know that some people are are looking for Harish specifically because 
of the prices, meaning that they don't have a million dollars to buy in Renana or buy in Herzliya or Tel Aviv um, or Jerusalem. And in that case, I would say that there aren't a lot of other um, options. There aren't a lot of other cities that have um, the nice new units that Farish does and also all of the amenities of a big city. Um, and that you should therefore find a nice place and lock in that price. Um, yeah, 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 I, I agree. And also- That doesn't sound too blunt. Um, <laughs> but you're missing something, you know, one other, one other benefit for buying, even if you're unsure um, and you've never been there, it's such a hot market. In such a popular place that if you don't like it, so that, so you that's finish for me. There, but yeah, there have been people in the last couple of weeks um, who regret who because they 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 didn't decide fast enough. The apartment that I was uh, trying to sell them was sold to someone else, um, and so that's that's happening all over Israel, um, but specifically in Harish in the last. Uh, months definitely mm -hmm. there's been a, just a major uptick and so some of these apartments are just going yeah they're going and they're gonna go and and if you don't so get you, that you know yeah, someone else will yeah see an apartment and then you think oh i'm gonna i'm gonna decide maybe i'll rent and or maybe i'll see another apartment they'll send me a video um it could be that you you miss the opportunity entirely yeah and uh if you so that's one thing and the other thing and then we're gonna wrap it up um if you buy it and you move here and you hate it, you can sell it. <laughs> Someone will buy it. It's a hot market. Absolutely. Yeah, it's um, it's an asset, and I, I don't think you'll be making a mistake by buying in Harish. Not a place that uh, people are running away from. People are running there, and it's very cool um, to hear about these new up and coming. This is what mode the story. This is the story of Modine about twenty years ago, um, maybe maybe even less than that, maybe fifteen years ago, if I'm not correct. It was just you keep, I kept hearing about this place, and you go there today. It's like wow, you know, Disney World. It's just unbelievable what you see: skyscrapers and you know, over the streets, the the bridges and um, two train stations. It's really, really bustling, beautiful, planned city, and um, you guys are just following the same pattern. It sounds like absolutely, definitely the the best uh, opportunity in Israel since Modi. Yeah, uh, it's a great, great way to put it. Yeah, great vibe, and uh, it sounds awesome. Well, thank you, Brian. Best of luck. Uh, thank you for coming on and sharing with that with us because um, I uh, <laughs> I saw that I saw it in one of my chats, and I was I just had to jump on that. Um, so be in touch and and uh, you know keep doing what you're doing. Awesome. Thank you, Natalie, for having me. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye. -bye. So that was a great talk, and um, again, let me know if any of you have questions. I, uh, I think it's very um, interesting to see these type of things happen right here, living in Israel, a new city um, basically being created before our eyes. It's, it's, a, it's, a, you know, it's something I never experienced living in America. I don't, I don't think any of us experience such a thing because America is already settled most places, you know, um, you, you move to a new town, you buy a house that's already standing, you buy a house that has had owners, you buy a house from someone, you know, you don't, you don't buy a new house in a new development. Now, some people do, you know, especially 
people who are retiring. There are new retirement villages, new 50-plus communities. But, you know, where I'm from, I never saw new cities pop up overnight. Um, it's a very cool part of living in Israel. Everything here is either very, very old or very, very new. And you do see that in Israel. Um, okay, that's our show for today. I look forward to uh, meeting you all next week. And I'm not sure who we'll have, but we are always looking for guests. So if any of you do have suggestions for people who are going to move to Israel, who have recently moved to Israel, and they want to come on the air and tell their story, please send them to me, Natalie at Israel News Talk Radio, and I'll be happy to meet with them. Thank you all. Shavua Tov to everybody. And we're just about the end of the year here for all of you who celebrate the non-Jewish New Year. I think it's called Sylvester, they call it here in Israel. Uh, we used to stay up till midnight and count down um, the the last seconds of 2000 and, you know, of the year. We don't do that. I've never done that since living in Israel. But it is going to be in, a, I think, another four days. Pretty exciting. So for all of you who do you know, hold to that and celebrate that. Have a good time. Enjoy yourself. Um, I've just been reading that the Jews celebrate the new year close to God and non-Jews celebrate it far from God. It gives you something to think about. Okay, see you next week. If you love Israel News Talk Radio, then you'll love our Facebook page. We keep you up to date on what's happening in Israel, plus little surprise treasures that we don't share on the radio. Go now to follow us on Facebook. Just look for the Israel News Talk Radio Facebook page. And don't forget to subscribe and follow us by clicking on the like button. We post great stuff there that you'll want to share. Israel News Talk Radio on Facebook and Israel News Radio on Twitter. If you're hearing this message, everyone else can too. Advertise with Israel News Talk Radio and get your message out to people. We'll build a personalized package for you. Contact advertising at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Straight talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Hey, this is Jake in Anchorage, Alaska, and I love listening to all the super interesting interviews and up-to-date information on what's happening in Israel. Hello, this is Anna King, originally from London, now living in Israel. And what can I say? Israel News Talk Radio is my cup of tea. My name is Bhaskar. I'm from India, and I love listening because you get to know the truth and wonderful voices from this lovely country. Mom! Okay, wait a minute. Hi, this is Chava Dax, and I'm calling for the rolling hills of Malaya Dumim, just north of Jerusalem. I always listen to Israel News Talk Radio to get all the latest news and commentary and to keep me up to date every day. This is Sarah Dax from Malaya Dumim, and I'm 12. I wish Israel News Talk Radio was boring so my mom wouldn't listen to it all the time. Mom! You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. News, opinion, and more. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio.